Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Learn From Gaming Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join us as we dig into some of our favorite games and discuss what we've learned and just why we enjoy them so much. For those of you out there counting, this is episode zero, not even really in a number yet. We're just sort of testing things out. We're uh, not we're real. Coming, we're, we're not real. And we're coming at you on April 26, 2017. My name is Chase Strollenberg, and I'm joined by the always felt... And by svelte, I mean very tidy and handsome Stu Gritter. How are you doing, Stu? I'm, I'm uh, feeling a little bit awkward at being described like that, but that's okay. Well, Other than that, everything's great and dandy. You know, you look good, you sound good, uh, you, you got it going on, you know? I, I appreciate what you do. Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> good. good. All right. Well, um... You, you know what? You should appreciate me. <laughs> I, I do. I do. That's where, you know, uh, it brought us together. So uh, should we do like just a little bit of a talk um, before we start jumping into things like the, the regular format? Um, like what's what's bringing you here? What do you want to, why are you here? Why do you want to be here? Well, I guess I'm here because it, it, I'm I'm passionate about gaming and education. They're both things that are super important to me. And I think that... Gaming is slowly starting to be taken more and more seriously as an art form, and it's being slowly being handled better in academia as well. And I think it's really important to understand and to recognize what we've done right, even while the medium wasn't treated properly. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's well put. I do enjoy that. Yeah, um, cool. Anything else, or is that just sort of? Well, that's the gist of it. Let's leave it there okay. for now. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Whereas um, for me, it's very, very similar. Um, like, I guess the more time I spend away from school, the less it's an academic pursuit. But like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I always try to think of Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan, he would, he would make a suggestion, and the suggestion was, you need to understand the science that you've created um, otherwise, like, it, it can take over your life or it can control you. Now, I'm not saying that, like, video games is that thing. Um, but, like, I can't believe the things that I picked up from video games and didn't even realize, didn't even notice. And, like, this was, like, nobody was paying attention to this stuff, especially back in the 80s and 90s. Nobody really cared. They just cared if there was boobs or blood, right? Um, so now, like, I think about it, and we're gonna jump into some games like right away almost but it's just it's surprising what you actually take away from it there are people who are seriously starting to write on this stuff in terms of academic like theory uh there are people who are trying to write about this in terms of um even just narrative right like the uh the oral narrative of uh, or the oral history of video gaming so like everybody's experiences on the playground before the internet existed um and like it blows me it blows me away how gaming culture can create so much content like an educational content like walkthroughs that's education right maybe some people might view it as cheating but it's also collaboration it's somebody else taking the time to help you and like it, it's it's actually really surprising when you when you think about what gaming can do in terms of teaching someone. I want to explore that. It's interesting too, which things gaming has been able to teach people that are other 
typical mentorships and, and teachers and people <laughs> haven't been able to teach for anyone. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, what am I... I'm, right now I'm reading... Like, I'm stuck in three books right now. Um, but I'm reading one book, and oh my god, I'm going to have to get... I'll, I'll have to get back to the author because I really don't remember. Um, just because I'm old and falling asleep. Uh, but uh, the, the suggestion is that our our current education systems and this is north american right so this is canadian yeah. united states um like it's an antiquated system right it's an antiquated system that hasn't kept up with the times very very similar to carl sagan's suggestion that like if you don't pay attention to science it outsteps you um and we're like we're there the education systems that exist right now are not evolving fast enough to cope <laughs> with the technology and yeah. video games are because video games always did right they need to be at the forefront they need to be the most entertaining they need to be the most engaging um and unfortunately most education systems don't ha or most uh yeah like most well, what would you say i would say like uh departments most departments don't have the finances to progress and evolve the way that a video game industry might, right? Yeah, and and even even if they did, if you look at some of the well, like you mentioned narratology, that's that's been the that was the beginning of the approach to video games from an academic from an academic perspective, and it was coming from literature or drama and applying yeah. those those literary perspectives and they don't work like it's when you're sitting in a class talking about the narrative of tetris <laughs> you want to murder someone oh and that's not God. It's, it's terrible Stu, that, sh what? that shouldn't be just, a conversation okay Stu, just <laughs> explain to the audience why you were exposed to that sort of theory if you could I, because I'm an idiot and I went to school forever expecting something other than conversations about the narrative of Tetris. Oh, man. I feel... That is so funny. Yeah. Okay, so, look. Um, sorry, the, the author's name I forgot, and I really apologize for that. It was James Paul Lee. Uh, his, his, one of his most recent books, it was published in, I think it was 2014, and it's just about understanding the vocabularies around video games. He, he refers to it as literacy, and the, the, his book is actually what video games have to teach us about literacy, or learning and literacy. Um, but I like to sort of bastardize that concept and say each video game in each genre and subgenre within video games is a different vocabulary, right? Each... Oh, yeah. Like, from, from like, uh, anything from shooters to RPGs to fighters, which, I mean, you know, fighters aren't as popular as they used to be, but each one of these has a vocabulary that you have to learn, and it's almost like a culture that you have to immerse yourselves in in order to... Uh, like MOBAs, right? MOBAs as well. You were just playing yeah. MOBA, so... Yeah. Um, once you get immersed, once you get exposed to the mechanics... It's like um, it's like the syntax, right? Like you, you're deeply involved in programming. Once you understand the language, you can really sort of transcend the different, like the different regions, or in your case, the different programs that you need to use in order to to develop. Um, so you sort of transcend whatever difficulties it is, and you just keep learning. You keep building on the foundation that you establish once you have those vocabularies. And, like, I really, really mm -hmm. like this book, and I find it very, <laughs> I find it very interesting, but even, even Lee, in this book, 
Like, he's a 56-year-old man engaging with video games for the first time. <laughs> yep. Right? And he's an academic at heart, so some of his language is kind of... It, it's it's inflated and academic, and that's not his fault, right? That's just who he is. It's who he surrounds himself with, and that's what he's in. Yeah. Um, so if I was not a university grad, I might have a little bit of trouble even reading it. But still, the, the contents in it are really worth checking out, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'll probably try to push it on you at some point. <laughs> Because it's, it's a step fair. forward. Like, in terms of learning about video games and understanding how video games help us learn, it's it's a real step forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, any scientific journal that you study, too, the, I mean, the first thing they say is lay out your terms. It's, you need, yeah. you, you, need, need you need to definitions. establish the words, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need the operational definitions in order to, uh, well, basically... In some situations, like in science, it's operational definitions in order to um, uh, create valuations, right? In order to create the equations and get the evidence. Because if you don't have an operational definition, then it just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> then you just make alternative facts. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna. Let's not let's not do that very first episode. But um, yeah, I think what we'll do now, just because we're getting a little too deep too fast, maybe we yeah. should. Uh, We'll just shift over into Bring what in we learned games. from. Let, let's uh, let's <laughs> talk about what we learned from gaming um, this week. So before we jump right into the games, was there a new story or anything about video gaming that uh, you engaged with this week that you thought was interesting that is worth uh, really, really sort of um, like really worth sort of throwing out there? Because this is the segment of the show where we discuss that sort of stuff. You know, it's like what we learned about gaming this week so like Stu you and I we love tech we love gaming um, and I, I mean I guess well, the idea is we'll also open this section up to anybody who's listening so I mean we don't really have the website functional quite yet but once we do uh, if you guys just send an email to learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com uh, if you have a story you want us to talk about or engage with just go right ahead shoot it at us we'll actually we'll just we'll talk about it we don't mind Actually, we love this shit, so we'll totally talk yeah. about it. Yeah. But yeah, did you, uh, did you see anything in the news this week that was like, holy shit? Um, I unfortunately, I'm 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 falling behind on most news. Uh, the one thing that I am curious to see, um, boop, 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 was the <laughs> the coming of uh, I think the game is called Dauntless. What's and that? It's, it's it's it has a very well, from what we've seen, it has a very monster hunter feel to it, and that has a big appeal to, um, uh, at least one of my friends loves that kind of thing because you can... Your friend, Greg? <laughs> yeah, he's a huge fan of that. It's infuriating. But <laughs> um, it's an interesting kind of, almost like Dark Soulsian approach to making people learn your game. Like, it, it, it almost uh, breaks out of other genres in that sense, saying that whatever you want to bring, you know, all your past experience doesn't mean anything. This game is going to do terrible things to you until you, <laughs> until you get better. And, oh, and Nintendo I'm, hard. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing that, that growth, see what happens with that, with that project. Let's see how many people just say F you, I'm not playing this game. 
Well, I'm, yeah. Or, or if 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 that does end up being their end up, their uh, the the philosophy that they ship the game with. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, in like cultural news, uh, I I stumbled across the news story that video games will be practiced as an Olympic sport in 2020. Oh, in, yeah. In um, Hangzhou, I think, uh, in 2020. So, like, uh, competitive video gaming is not just about making money, which, I mean, 10, 20 years ago, it wasn't even about that. It was really just about the prestige. But, like, we are getting to a point in culture, and we're, I'm talking global culture, where this stuff gets taken really seriously. Um, an Olympic sport is not a joke. So that's, like, I, I think that's cool. As someone who's devoted so many hours to playing video games, <laughs> I, I like to see that sort of validation. Um, you know, like, I it, it's sort of shitty because there will be a digital divide here, right? Like, there are people who have never played a video game in their life in the world. Um, uh, we, we've just, we're lucky enough that we're able to do it. But, like, I, you can say that for any sport as well, right? So, um yeah, it, I, 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 I'm just excited. I think it's super cool. Um, I'm not going to try and get my son to be the next Olympian Street Fighter <laughs> player. But, uh, like, yeah, I, you know, it, I, it's interesting. Yeah, it, 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 it's neat because it legitimizes it culturally, at least, which yeah. I think it's arguably it's about time. I, I, I guess it's the difficulty is brought brought in by the fact that games don't stick around for a long time so whatever game is played at you know the first olympic collection it's not going to be the same one yeah yeah (laughs) we're not going to be watching that in 2050 right which is it's free now we might be Uh, korea will (laughs) (laughs) right uh south South korea Uh, assuming it's still there um but we're not talking politics today (laughs) maybe it Um, will be only north korea will be there yo okay um Um, but but yeah yeah, it's it, it is it is really interesting um, okay. I, I yeah. think it, it it does do a lot. It does do a lot for us. Yeah. I guess my my biggest question is: Are we going to be showcasing these at summer and winter Olympics? Like, do we have to only play summer Olympic based games at the summer Olympics? And like, or God, like you that, yeah. you can only play the winter level, the winter COD <laughs> levels at the winter Olympics. <laughs> like, I just I don't know. I don't know. Like. How do you how do you vet that? How do you decide what game gets played? Like, yeah. and what what is the Olympic tier game? Um, I guess we're gonna find out in a few years. Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's Olympic gonna be an game. interesting, really interesting uh, thing to follow to see how that yeah. decision is made. Yeah, it's so weird, but cool. Um, maybe maybe okay. maybe that'll start off with Tetris. Maybe. Tetris is a universal game. I know some people hate it, um, but that's just, you know, it's your prerogative. Not everybody likes puzzle games. Um, But, yeah, Tetris, even Donkey Kong, um, I I wish they would pretty some of those up, but there are some really nice versions of Tetris. There's a Puyo Puyo Tetris coming out for the Switch, which I know you'll probably never play. I probably won't. I don't know. I will. Uh, safe bet I will. Well, yeah, and we can talk about the divide between uh, <laughs> Stu, Stu the Master Race and Chase the Console Gamer, but uh, 
I also have a PC, so you know, I do what I can. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. You, do you do you want to transition into the next section, or <clears throat> did you have any other stories you wanted to talk about? Um, nothing. Nothing else has come up that has uh, hit my radar. So. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll just uh, we'll keep our eyes open. Um, we've got a couple of weeks until the next episode, so you never know. Something cool might happen. Okay, so then the next section, um, yeah, I, I messed up. Uh, that last section was what we learned this week, and this next section is what we learned from gaming, which is the name of the podcast. So now it, it's what we're here for, and it's what we've been waiting for. It's uh, the section where we talk about a game that each of us picks uh, for the episode. And then we, we talk about um, our engagement in play, what we feel that we've learned from it, and uh, generally just discuss it. So, Stu, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Oh, that doesn't matter to me. That's um, fair. It's up to you. It's your, it's, your, it's your show. I feel like it's your show. You, you can <laughs> it's my show lead the way. You're going to edit and do all the sound <laughs> stuff for it. I love it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, then, uh, for me today, and actually, it's... Uh, it's sort of interesting. This did come up in the news, but sort of like nerdy news. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a gentleman uh, who recently did a, basically a YouTube video about how he didn't believe anybody had ever really finished The Legend of Zelda, um, especially when it was released. And today's game is Legend of Zelda. Uh, and it's because I was surprised when I started thinking about it how much I had learned from that game and, and just... Uh, certain values that came out of actually playing that game. So um, the game itself is Legend of Zelda. It was created by a Nintendo Entertainment System. Or, yeah, well, it was for the Entertainment System. Um, it was designed by Takashi Tezuka and Shigeru Miyamoto, who people probably know. Um, it was published by Nintendo and Nintendo of America, and its date of publish was... 1986 in Japan. I was two years old. You're so old. I know. And then 1988 in uh, North America. So it was an action-adventure game. That was its genre. And its core mechanics is... uh, I mean, you can go YouTube it if you don't know The Legend of Zelda, but I think it's pretty timely (laughs) right now with Breath of the Wild out on the Switch. Everybody and their mother's playing that game if they can, you know, get get a Switch. Um... Or you can play it on Wii. Uh, Wii U, sorry. Uh, yeah. I know that was a really popular console. Um, so uh, in this game, you basically use whatever items you can find to engage, uh, in, to engage in combat with enemies. But it's also a large open world. Uh, it had a bunch of secrets. And so you, you basically had to crawl your way through the entire map to figure out what the heck was going on. Um, in terms of educational theories and thoughts on the game... Like, this is a game that rewarded and depended on you investigating and exploring. Um, what what I feel was really worthwhile about that was, like, it... Okay, I, I played this game in 89 and then 90, so I was, like, 6 and 7. Um, and this was a very hard game for a kid to approach. A lot of people refer to The Legend of Zelda if your family had a Nintendo Entertainment System as your dad's game. Because your dad, like, your dad was the one who was really starting to suss things out and figure things out. And, I mean, that was the case, that was the case for for this. So, like, one of the, uh, one of the educational things that we got out of this game was we made maps for this thing. The, uh, the game itself came with a, a really, really nice map 
Um, and my dad drew the fuck all over that thing. <laughs> like he would, uh, he took yeah. the time to like try and burn every bush with a candle. He took the time to bomb every piece of stone. Um, and like we watched him, my brother and I, and we collaborated and we talk. And every time we found a new secret, we talk about it. We would discuss it. And I recently watched that the video I was describing about the guy who didn't believe that anybody had ever won it. This is a guy who started playing Legend of Zelda has a long legacy, right? And a lot of people entered it at different times. And so when people look back, they don't always understand what the, the good stuff or good stuff, sorry, in quotation marks, um, yeah. what the Nintendo era was about. Um, so this guy entered at, uh, I think it was Ocarina of Time. And that was the first 3D 64 game. Um, and it was, uh, I, I mean, it was okay. I enjoyed it. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I mean, and that's just, that's just, uh, that's, it's also the subjective nature of engaging personal game, preference. Right? Like, yep. Yep. Yeah. He really loved it. It defined what Zelda was to him, whereas like the original Legend of Zelda and the collaborative way of engaging with it like Shigeru Miyamoto actually said in an interview this is what we wanted Zelda to be we wanted people to get out on the playground talk to each other and really discuss how do you win this game how do you mm -hmm. play this game what are the secrets and that's something that can't exist in the same fashion in 2017 yeah. as it did back in 1986 to 1990 right um, it, it's just the internet and there's yeah. nothing wrong with the internet the internet actually takes that concept and dials it up to a thousand because within a week of a game being out or even if somebody gets a starter you've already got an FAQ up on GameFAQs right like it's it's there somebody's already done the work for you and helped you out um yeah and that's why it's it's neat to see how many people when something comes out you, you know how how long does the etiquette last where you don't post any spoilers you don't talk about this thing you don't talk about that thing you get yeah. you get, give everybody a week to figure it out before you you ruin it ruin the fun for the people that are trying to figure yeah, it out for themselves spoilers. yeah 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 you got it but so yeah i mean like the the main takeaways from this game when it was released and the way that it was intended to be played and like this is awesome because like a visual artist and video game designer took the time to think how can i get people to actually create a community and discuss this game and it was by making things obscure obtuse and difficult <laughs> yeah um, yeah that didn't take away from the fun of Legend of Zelda. Like, actually playing it uh, at the time, the and this is in quotation marks because that's a very common term now to describe it. Is it fun now? I don't know if I'd want to go back and play it, but that's because you can't, like, you can't capture that lightning in a bottle again. It, it was a thing when it was a thing, and you just... You know, we're not going back in the '80s. It's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> Gaming has evolved, but I think it's also important to, to to note that it's not it's not just that it was hard that made it fun and talk aboutable, right? It was it yeah. was still a game that was based on exploration. So even if you didn't know what you needed to do, it wasn't that. Oh, you get to this screen, and then that boss just like two shots you, and then you go back to the beginning of the level. There was still something new for you to do and explore and talk about. Yes, yeah, and I yeah, you would die 
tons of times in this game. Like, it was an unforgiving game. But, I mean, it was Nintendo Art. That's just, it's it's what it was. And you learned from your mistakes, and you moved on. And, it you know, it, it, that, it's just the way it was. Now, in terms of personal engagement, like... Um, like I said, this was a family affair. Like, my brother, my father, myself, we would all sit around, watch each other play, engage, and learn. And that is what this was supposed to be. So, like, the, the, the pros of this game, I feel like it, it's very much about adventure. It's very much about exploration. It's about collaboration with other people, even though it's a single-player game. It's about talking with other people and just figuring things out. It also, like... It was one of the ways that I learned patience as a child, right? <laughs> um, yep. And it's it's a very important... Uh, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was uh, <clears throat> Gaming Gaming History X, which is a throw-off from uh, Gaming History 101. One of the, uh, the speakers, I think his name was Trees, he was talking about... It was either Trees or it was actually Fred Rojas. They were talking about when they play video games with their daughter they take the time and they have the patience to watch them make the mistakes instead of taking the controllers away, right? Because uh, you know how some people, they just have no patience. They'll be like, no, come here, I'll do it. And they, they do the jump. Um, like, my father was one of those people who's like, I will let you fail. I will watch you fail. Um, and that's, like, you know, it's not a big deal. That I think that's a valuable lesson. Like, uh, learning how to fail is a big deal. And uh, learning oh, yeah. patience in, in gaming is a very big deal because there's some people who look for the instant gratification um and then there are some people who learn how to play the game <laughs> <laughs> and 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 maybe that i don't know I, it's hard to have a conversation like this without getting into like oh back in my day it was yeah. you know but no, yeah. but yeah the, the, a lot of gaming is a lot more instant gratification than it used to be but i think some of that is just because of how, you know they were trying to make a game last longer it was hard to make as much content as we can now so uh, screw you guys it's going to be really hard <laughs> Yeah, and I love how at the end of Legend of Zelda, the reward is you get to do it all again, only it's all harder, and yeah. everything that you found is fucked up and moved around. So yeah. that was a that was yeah. a dark twist. Well, but it, yeah, it, it, so it's, you go ahead. It, it was it, it's just it's a really neat way of saying, well, you can you know if you're lazy, it, you know you can say you beat it, but you didn't really. Yeah. Well, I guess another thing, like, how many games today force you to engage in the art of cartography? <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was something what? that, like, there was one Might and Magic game, like, a Might and Magic game, and then Dungeon Master 2 is simple enough to remember, but those are the only two, like, there's a single game where I actually had stuff written out and drawn out, because... Yeah, like, I drew a map. <laughs> Like, that yeah. doesn't happen very often anymore. No, And no. I mean, it, it, that's the evolution of gaming. Like, uh, the games do it for you, and I, uh, some would argue that's less tedious, but, like, if you're a geography nerd and you like making maps, like, that would be... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, so I'm not really sure if I'd ever want to do it again, but I, it was valuable. Like, I learned how yeah. to navigate a map because of Legend of Zelda, yeah. um, and that's a big deal. Like, for a six-year-old to understand how to actually use a map because, because of Legend of Zelda, like, uh, I think that's significant. That is neat, yeah. Now, the, the cons of this game um, is that 
again, Legend of Zelda has a long legacy. There are a lot of better games. A Link to the Past on the uh, the Super Nintendo was just a superior game in every way. Um, it had all the same features, uh, it, except for the New Game Plus where everything's fucked up. Uh, but you can do that now with uh, something called uh, a randomizer. You can play different seeds of that game where everything's just all moved oh, around. That's really cool. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. The instructions from NPCs weren't always great. Uh, sometimes, I'm not going to say they'd <laughs> lie to you, but they were really obscure and weird, and that was intentional. Um, it was a large time sink, because you had to basically try to burn every bush or bomb every every rock to find everything. Um, and if you didn't like making maps, then yeah, this game was a super bummer. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you needed to track that shit. Like, you needed to, you needed to know where everything was going. So, like, in, in the end, like, to summarize, I think uh, it's a dated pioneer in the action-adventure genre, and it had a large yeah, impact yeah. on my childhood. Um, I think it had a large impact on anybody who actually played it in its heyday, and that's why people still talk about it, even though people who didn't can't get it. And it's it's yeah. it's just one of those you had to be there. Um, like, through engagement with my brother and my father while playing this game, like, we created our own small community. We encouraged each other's growth and success within the game itself. And that's, like, that should be what video games are about, I think. That's what I want them to be about. And that's all i got to say about that. Yeah, that kind of community building is is, is really good. And it's, it's, I think it's easier to have that community building when it's PvE, when it's the players together trying to overcome a single challenge that's not another human because man <laughs> i mean go like Arcadia any quest. any well just any moba community in the world like oh, there so are toxic. so many like it it's always rated as one of the the highest reasons that people can't get into a game is because they show up they don't know what they're doing and they're they're with nine other people in a game getting just verbally shit on for 40 minutes yeah. and just and now how do you like, feel yeah. like that's how do you, yeah yeah, um, PVE is the way to go if you want that type of experience now. Or, um, you know, there are two sides to it, but the Pokemon community right now it has always been uh, very inclusive. There's yeah. the elitist side, the uh, the actual competitive players, but for the most part, like especially if you're just a kid, man, like the uh, other Pokemon players as children are usually just excited to be collecting stuff with you. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> you'll it's grow totally up to be yeah. yeah. You'll grow up to be a hateful mobile player later. But like, <laughs> you, know, you just keep yeah. them rosy glasses on for now, kid. Yeah, I you know there's a reason I don't engage in mobas, and it's not just because I don't have the time. Um, it's because if you don't have friends, it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Wait All a right, minute, Stuart, are you saying you yeah. don't have friends? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> shut up, Stu. Shut up. <laughs> Moving uh, on. Talk about your game, Stu. Just talk about your game. All right, well. I have a baby and a dog, and they love me. <laughs> Please don't forget your wife. <laughs> She loves me most days. 
<laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. That's dark. I, you, what you? No, 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 no. You said you have a baby and a dog. So what about uh, yeah, what, about, okay. what, what about your game? What about your game? So I uh, yeah, I I I decided to talk about colonization. Sid Meier's colonization. Oh. It's um it's, it's not it's, that it's, hard. It's not going to be work. It's slightly, I guess, it, I think it is lesser known than civilization, but it's kind of in the same vein. It came after the first civilization, but before the second civilization. Yeah, that's complicated. Um, so it was, I think initially it was released on DOS. I think it was on Amiga as well. Um, published by Microprose. It was Sid Meier and... Solid company while yeah, they lasted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Sid Meier involved. Um, and Brian Reynolds. Not Ryan Reynolds of Deadpool fame. Brian so Reynolds dreamy. of no fame. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it was a turn-based strat that kind of focused on... Y you picked the role of one of the four major European powers of the colonial time, so English, French, Dutch, Spanish, and you tried to conquer the New Americas. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was an interesting kind of... Uh, th there, was a, there was a lot to do. There was a lot going on. You had to manage your colonies. You had to try to attract people to your colonies from your motherland while still establishing good trade relations. You had to maintain good relations with uh, with the other European powers in the Americas. There were multiple indigenous tribes that you had to, to try and stay friendly with. And th wow. there's just, there's a ton of stuff, like a ton of stuff to do. When were you playing this game? And I mean, like, you could probably go back and play it now, but how old were you? Oh, I was not 10 yet. <laughs> Well, that's like when that's like when I, when like, I first played Masters of Orion. But like I played Masters of Orion at yeah. like nine or ten. Oh um, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm sure I didn't. Uh, I'm sure it took a, a long time to get into it, and part of that probably was it was easier for me to jump into because I had an older brother who yeah. was interested in gaming as well, and um, so that that helped pave the way for my you know seeing the patterns that he chose and such and such kind of enabled me to get into more complicated gaming a little bit more quickly than I probably should have yeah no it was the same for me and my father my father loved turn-based strats um, and I don't know if I would have gravitated towards that genre if I didn't have somebody else representing it in my house um, but because they did um, I found it like rewarding because generally as somebody else is playing a turn-based strat they want to play against someone um, and they will mm. take the time to actually help you learn how to play so that they can. Uh, was Civilization, Sid Meier's Civilization, was a multiplayer? Did you guys ever try that? Did you mean colonization? Because that's the game I'm talking about. Oh, God. Uh, uh, no, it was, it, I'm, it was only single player to my knowledge. Um, if it was multiplayer, we never played it multiplayer. We, uh, we did collaborate, um, my brother and I, and our f mutual friends that also played the game to cry because there was just, there was so much to explore and so much to figure out between the different nationalities had different bonuses. So that would shape your play style. Uh, the way you approach different 
tribes, what they had to offer, whether or not you made friends or traded with them, or just burned down all their houses and took all of their things, because, oh, you know, God. European. Yeah, yeah European. Um, so th there were just so many approaches. Uh, and I, th I think, to me, one of the biggest things that this was one of the first games that... Uh, confronted me with this was the idea of longer term consequences when you don't know what the right thing to do is. <laughs> like what's do? <clears throat> cholera? <laughs> cholera. Do you want cholera? No. We, we will bring yes, it to you. Yes, no. We'll deliver Small it. Smallpox. No, it, things like a major driving factor in the game is um, early on you have to trade a lot of your stuff with your mother country. So you, you're going to this new world to extract resources and bring shiny things like furs and coats and sugar and rum back to uh, back to your, your mother country in Europe. I like almost all of those things, so that, yeah, that's yeah. a worthy endeavor. It's perfect. But every now yeah. and then, your king or queen decides, uh, we're raising the tax on you because we can, because we have a bigger army than you. So from now on, every time you bring, every time we give you $100, we're keeping four of those dollars because we, you know, we wanna. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking this was the genesis for Sid Meier's Pirates, in which you say, fuck you. <laughs> you keep it all for yourself. <laughs> Uh, no, Pirates came first, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I played Pirates on the Commodore. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when, you, when you're confronted with these taxes, you have the option of just saying, okay, our tax just went up. Or you basically do the Boston Tea Party thing, and you say, no, screw you guys, we're not paying your tax. Um, and, and then that decision cuts out trading a specific resource. So then you can't sell furs back to your home country. So then, if you have stockpiles hmm. of furs, that's a problem, because you have nothing yeah. to do with them. Um, but that can happen at any point in the game, and that can happen very early on with any particular resource. So you, maybe you just, like, you built your first or second town. You don't know if there's silver in the mountains to the west. You don't know if, like, is the the tribes you're living around are going to start gifting you rum because they like you. Uh, you have no idea what what your basis of wealth is going to be, and so you you, it's this imperfect solution space. You don't know what the right idea is. You just have to kind of go with your gut and pick something, and it has oh, this God. drastic effect on the game long term. Oh, God. I feel like you were playing this before you were 10. Like, that... To me, that's... That's significant. <laughs> like I... I uh, wow. Like, that's a lot to think about. Um, and, I mean, you're, you're, you're able... Like, you're able to articulate and explain it now. When was the last time you played it? You know what? Uh, it was a, a few months ago. I, because they re-released it on Steam. With, okay. with the, I think the, it was the original Sid Meier's Pirates, and also Covert Action, which is a spy game, which is wicked fun. Okay. But, <laughs> but let's, let's not get into that. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, so I actually did play it kind of recently again. Um, not, not, I, I haven't put enough hours into it, not as many as I want to, but... Um. You know, that's okay. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm starting to think it might be, uh, I mean... 
most people would probably appreciate if we played the games before talking about them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I didn't really feel like going back to Zelda. <laughs> I mean, the guy who did it's the video rough, yeah. about, yeah, the guy who did the video about Legend of Zelda, has anybody really won it? Um, like, he, he's got some valid points. It's really not that fun to play now. Um, I, I have trouble reapproaching it, but that's just because there's so many other good games out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, it's hard to cool. dedicate the time, but I, I think they did remake colonization at some point. I think with the Civ Four engine, um, but most people who played colonization do still prefer the first, and I'm I'm among them. I do think the game stands up fairly well. There are a yeah. few things that are frustrating, especially it, it's similar in vain with people wanting that instant gratification it's really frustrating to have to make a decision when like there's not a right answer you just you don't know you just (laughs) (laughs) like you you don't know and you have to pick founding fathers you're establishing a new a new country you attract founding fathers and each of them gives you a massive benefit they're like, oh, oh, your ships go faster, or you. My founding find- father gave me a massive benefit. Yeah, let's leave that one alone for a yeah, minute. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but some of it's some of it's really really important stuff. Like, you somehow you get twice as many furs or something. Like, it's a big big economic deal. It can make or break your nation, and like. Your ships are touching the shore, and you have to decide what's important, and then it might come into play. It might not. Sorry, I'm just... Like, you were either the coolest kid, or you were the most boring. It's like, oh, man, really gotta worry about my third. (laughs) Well... To be fair, <laughs> my schoolyard conversations did not take place <laughs> about colonization. That just didn't no. happen. The, no, that's no, too bad. no, no. I, I wish, I wish they did. That would have been, that would have been wonderful. It would have been a great community thing, a I learning tool. A about, but I it just a lot didn't about happen. Ninja Turtles and Super Mario for recess. I don't know about you. Oh. Um, yeah, some some people uh, some people did. I, I I was a grade school jock, so. Wow. Yeah. Uh, who knew? Who had a grasp on eco- uh, economics? So. Or, <laughs> but like. I understood. I understood the risk reward of trying to pass to Jimmy on the left wing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and also, founding fathers give you fur. Um, yeah, I like where this is going. Okay, or sometimes cool. twice as much wood. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, um, so, yeah, pros, cons, summary. Um, oh, yeah, I wasn't looking at the notes that I'd made, so that's good. Hopefully I got most of, this, <laughs> most of what I wanted in there. Um, yeah, it, well, I mentioned some of this already. Yeah, I think it does stand pretty well on its own right now. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I think oh, you're getting to the summary. Yeah, it's also... Uh, the, I'm glad I had notes because I did want to mention I, it is a really good example of, of having a better facts in your game because it it had a call like something similar to the Civilopedia so like yeah. the founding fathers you'd see oh make sure privateers go more faster uh, and then 
you could also see, well, this is why. You know, this is some dude who just somehow managed to make his fleet be better than everybody else's because they were faster and they appeared out of nowhere all the time. So that's why this guy represents that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's actually... So yeah, you, you can learn if you want to. Yeah, but it's not the objective of the game. You learn a lot more from the game than just that. <laughs> uh, but it, but it's there. It's there for you to engage with if you so choose. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, God, like Sid Meier, uh, just some very, very solid content. Uh, and also Microprose. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I expect we'll visit them quite often. It's going to be hard not to. They were really big while, while we were growing up. Yeah, they were. They were. They were a big deal. Um, okay. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say, or should we shift into the next section? Um, no, I, th I think that, that, that pretty much covers it. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, so the next section is going to be a very vacant section, because this is our first episode. <clears throat> but it is, uh, it's what can you teach us? So it's it's sort of the audience engagement section. Uh, Stu and I love talking about video games. Uh, we just did it for quite a long time. Um, <laughs> but we also <laughs> really enjoy hearing from you. Uh, like, I love listening to other people talk about video games. I do it quite often. Uh, I've already referenced at least one or two podcasts, so, you know, it happens. Um, if you feel like uh, you have anything valuable, like any kind of valuable lessons that you've learned from video games, please feel free to share them with us. Just uh, email them at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll air it. Um, as long as it's not too explicit, uh, we will definitely include it. We don't want to know too much about Leisure Suit Larry because, number one, it wasn't a great game. <gasps> and, uh, oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you a Sierra? Are you a Sierra fan? Like, is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a crazy right. Sierra fan, too. Oh, how? Okay, now just. Yeah, and we didn't have sex ed opened. in our schools. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> yes, I forgot. So, Le Leisure, Suit, Leisure Suit Larry was sex ed. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Uh, uh, we can, yeah, we didn't have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you know what? No, anything. you just opened up the door. Yeah, yep. people anything. write in about anything, write about the failings of your school's <laughs> sex ed and how video games educated you. I actually want to hear that now because I didn't realize until you just brought that up that there's actually a divide. Because I'm just used to public school where they actually explain things, you know? Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's silly, uh, silly um, idea for a school. <laughs> Yeah, so please, just shoot us an email at learnfromgamingpodcast uh, at gmail.com because now we really want to know. Um, we really want to know uh, how you learn to put that thing in that other thing and make a thing. Um, so <laughs> what we... Yeah, this got way too sexy, way too quick. Um, what, what we've been playing. Uh, now that we have the real content of the show out of the way, like, Stu... How would you like to talk quickly about what you've been playing recently? Uh, and just, like, some of the experiences. Do you think there's anything worthwhile coming out of what you're playing? Or are you just doing something monotonous? Do you feel that you take value from everything you do? Oh, I think, um, well, one of, one of the games that is still frequent is Smite. And it's hard to... You're playing that game a lot. And we're talking for years now. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's been a long time, and it it, it is interesting. Uh, I think th- I think that's more because of the mechanics than anything else. Um, I also recently played uh, with a bunch of people uh, uh, one of the series Sam remakes, and I think right. that that actually is really fascinating as a game. It was designed so incredibly well, like it 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 understood exactly what games like Doom and Quake we're doing and takes all of the players expectations in the level and game design and spins them right around it is so i i couldn't speak highly <laughs> enough about about series like if you're a fan of shooters if you've ever played any of any old school shooters you have to play serious uh, sam you're, you're telling me that i have to spend money because i've never played serious sam ever. oh that's it what is, you're telling me right it, now. If, I've just bought a house, but I have to spend money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it is it is brilliantly, like, if you understand the genre of the old school first person shooter, Serious Sam is brilliantly done. Wow, that's that's pretty high praise. Usually, like, you're very critical of games. I hate so everything. You, yeah, so that's a uh, that's a pretty big deal. Um, okay. Uh, have you been playing anything else? Uh, most mo- mostly those two. Yeah. Okay. And trying, yeah, trying, yeah. trying to die back into colonization again. Okay. Well, good for you. Yeah, I'm not gonna dive back into Zelda, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good for you. Um, okay. So for me, man, uh, just uh, like just some background. Like recently moved like bought a house and um so like my my cash flow is frozen (laughs) locked into a mortgage and also had a baby um who is now eight months old and breaking a tooth man nice first tooth coming out yeah nice it's uh it's a lot of fun my wife and i are having a lot of fun (laughs) with him no you know what actually he's an awesome baby um but we love spending time with him so um and each other just to clarify, uh, I feel like I'm like horrible <laughs> husband mode right now. In your wife for a little oh, while. Fuck, yeah. oh god, if she listens to this, I'm in trouble in a good way because um, I deserve it. But um, no, just uh, I haven't had a lot of time for gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. what I've done is I've uh, crawled into that dark, horrible place, which is mobile gaming, um, that a lot of people don't like to talk about. Um, and I, I've been playing mobile games for quite a while uh, since I got a smartphone. Um, but, uh, like, I've been able to pick up some Final Fantasies and stuff. Uh, you can do that illegal thing that I won't talk about. Emulation. Shh. Um, yeah. uh, like, if, if you really want to, and then you have access to some very, very uh, quality um, RPGs. Uh, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Best. It's the the best type of emulation you can pull off on a phone right now, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but uh, lately, I've been playing this game called Seven Guardians, um, and it is just it is like free to play in every way, just trying to get you to spend money. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the animation is great. It's uh, it's the reverse of a tower defense. It's basically an assault. Um, oh, so okay. you attack something else. Um, you get to choose uh, your warriors. There's seven different types. I think it's like a warrior, so like an actual like fighter, archer, guardian, so something with a big shield, a mage, 
a golem, which is like the giant battering ram, and then your um, your your warlord. And each of them have different abilities, different buffs. There's a bunch of different sets, so you can you can have the generic guys, you can have the fire guys, you can have the ice guys, poison. There's draconians, there's um, frost drakes, uh, demons, seraphim, Valkyrie. Like it's uh, it's a lot deeper when I talk about it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's really just you clicking buttons and throwing them and they just die or they beat everything up and you and you win and there's a little bit of PvP. But, like, it's... It looks nice, it plays nice, and it's sort of, for me, it's like kind of just... Uh, I can go on autopilot and play that. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there an educational value to it? Don't throw money at free-to-play games. Uh, <laughs> that said, yeah, throw money at it if you want to and you want to have fun and you know you're going to be playing this game. I've been playing this one for, I don't know, almost a year. Uh, pretty close. It hasn't been out for a full year. I'd say um, since my son was born, though. Uh, so at least eight months. Um, other than that, I've been playing... Uh, have you ever engaged in mobile in mobile games or I feel like you very 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 little I actually uh, I I poked at uh, Fallout Shelter very recently people were talking about that for about a week yeah yeah yeah. Oh, um, kudos to them! Kudos to them for yeah. sticking it out for a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, the the Fire Emblem game uh, is actually one of the best turn-based hmm. uh, tactical strats on on phones right now. Again, uh, <clears throat> Nintendo has embraced the free-to-play, so they want you to yeah. spend money on it. Yeah. Um, and they will shamefully pursue that, but it's. Uh, I mean, I like it more than Pokemon Go. I played Pokemon Go for about a week, and I was like, this is stupid. I like Pokemon the real thing more. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, like, oh, I just hit my, I hit my microphone. I bet that came through. <laughs> a um, if, if you like anything, anything like Final... I'm going to play with my microphone again. If you like anything like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics or, of course, the Fire Emblem games, it's, uh, it's, it's worth your time if you don't want to carry around a Game Boy, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and other than that, I two more games. Uh, Budokai. Uh, no, is it Budokai? Oh, my God, no. Budokai is an old, old, old game. Uh, no, Dragon Ball Z... Xenoverse 2. Um, and that is like the dirtiest, filthiest, guilty pleasure I can admit. Yeah. And it says so much about my past. Oh. Because number one, I just referenced a really old uh, Dragon Ball Z game back on PS2 and, uh, and GameCube. Yep. Um, but, uh, oh man. You know what's funny is I took a break from uh, from Dragon Ball games. Also, I think they took a break from making them because For a little Dragon while, Ball... Yeah. Yeah, Dragon Ball wasn't a thing, but now the anime's back on, and you know what? That game just captures it, man. It's like wrestling games, right? <laughs> like, um, if if you enjoy the genre, you can take a break from it and then jump right back back in without missing a beat. And like it, it does it. it, it hits all the buttons for me. It's a good game. You get to make your own character. You can give him whatever moves you can you can find. But there's a progression. You have to train under all of the characters in the game if you want to unlock all the moves. Um, so there's customization. Um, and like if we're talking about education, what 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 I'm taking from it. I'm still really trying to play that out because this is really kind of a guilty pleasure. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Um, yeah. 
even in terms of fighting games, I feel like I'm more button mashing than anything. There's not as much strategy in this game. Um, but man, is it ever a pretty fun distraction that uh, hits all my nostalgia buttons. So, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, yep. I play that. Nothing wrong and with then, that. No, the, the last game I'm playing, and it came with some pretty high praise, is I'm playing Axiom Verge, which is... Oh. It is a Metroidvania, and I am not nearly deep in it, into it enough, but even just starting it, um, and then watching the, the level design, watching how everything was laid out, um, uh, like a Metroidvania is very similar in, in concept and the, uh, the values that you'll take out of it from A Legend of Zelda, in that it's about patience, it's about understanding you're probably going to die, but it's also <laughs> about like realizing the tools that you're acquiring as you go through um, like the the, the 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 design itself is a story that is meant to educate you and further you, and that is what's going on in Axiom Verge. And more importantly, like this game is kind of weird. Everything's sort of fleshy and pulsating, and um, you don't really know what's going on. And there's some like serious layers of mystery the the story it's i mean if you ever played metroid or super metroid um samus never says anything but the the main character in this he's a scientist and he's trying to figure out what the hell's going on and mm -hmm. he actually talks and he engages with some of the bad guys and tries to like negotiate with them um you don't really influence any of that at least not in any of the engagements i've played but i'm only a few hours in um but it's just it's it's interesting and they're actually i'm starting to hit these areas that they look like glitches in the game but they're intentional yeah and yeah. i do, i don't know what they are but like i assume i'm going to get some kind of technology or some kind of um augment that that is just gonna like make this more enjoyable and i'll be able to engage that but i don't know like i like the way the game's designed the controls are tight um it plays well and well, I mean, I actually I use an Xbox One controller to play it on my PC. Yeah, yeah. But but um, yeah, it really captures that concept. The uh, like, it feels like I'm playing um, a really well made Metroid game, and it's just one of those indie, one of those uh, indie games that's a, a labor of love, right? Like somebody took the time to make something that they deeply respect. So. I'm hearing a little baby cry upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, was there anything mm. else you wanted to talk about, or on the um, what we've been playing? No, no. I've I've been listening to Warcraft lore the last couple of days, but that doesn't you know really what, count. That's a, it is a good time, though. Yeah. Um, it's neat. I like. Honestly, old Blizzard lore, some of it is so good. Um, one of the reasons I still play Diablo 3 is I love the lore of that world. Sanctuary, the, the setting it's of Sanctuary. A terrifying place. <laughs> yeah, you never want to live there. Um, but uh, the same thing could be said about Az Azeroth, right? Yeah. But, like, they're, they... Blizzard did something that really, really set the tone and and, like... Old Blizzard. I don't know well, if the Blizzard is still sort of churning it out. That's but. that's the interesting thing is that apparently the this the lore, the story from Warcraft One campaign missions was narrated by uh, was, that was created by Bill Roper basically on the spot. 
Holy shit. So, Are you serious? Yeah. So, like, he just started throwing out names and stuff, and then they made it all work late. Yeah. 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 That's funny. That's fucking hilarious, actually. Which is, it's... And that laid the groundwork <laughs> for so much, so much to come. I wonder, like, is that just, like, rose-colored glasses, me just remembering that fondly because I played it during the the developmental years of my life? Um, because, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed Warcraft and Warcraft 2. Uh, like, my entire family played the shit out of mm-hmm. that together on, on computers. Like, yeah. we really, really liked that. And Diablo. Like, Diablo, it was just revolutionary for its time, so. Yeah. So, yeah. Good job. Good job, Blizzard. For a while. <laughs> Way to go. Um, okay. Uh, Interesting. Um, well, hey, you know what? Uh, I think we're starting to wind down. Maybe we should take it to the to a close. So I'm going to... I think, yeah, let's just transition into a close. So, um, yeah, I guess that's it for this episode, everyone. Like, thank you for taking the time to listen to us. I hope that you enjoyed it. <laughs> we, I think we enjoyed talking about it. Of course. Um, yeah. So, Stu, like, is there anything you want to plug? Do you want to uh, discuss any of the stuff that you're doing? Um, the I, I guess the only thing I want to throw out there is I backed. Uh, there's a Kickstarter for a white box, like a game, like a board game design kit. What? Yeah. That- yeah, go look it up. It's called White Box. Kickstart. Just okay. search search Kickstarter for White Box. You'll find the thing I'm talking about. It it looks really neat. It could be uh, if you're interested in game design, it could be something that's really really neat, really interesting to have. All right, tell me if that's wow. Workshop in a box. So yeah, so like it ships with I don't know if there's a board. I don't think they are shipping with cards because you should be able to do that by yourself if you're a grown up. And then, but like you get like peoples and meeples and things and stuff and like tactiles and a bunch of essays describing you know these are the pitfalls that a lot of people fall into and be careful of this and blah blah. It looks really cool. <laughs> Oh, Stu, you're the best. That that is really cool. Um, you, like most, what's interesting is there's a it's like a board game revolution that's been going strong since Kickstarter. Like Kickstarter, yeah. the one thing you can depend on is books and and like board games. And yeah. I'm talking tabletop games, but also board games. Um, I I have yet to be burned by a single board game that I've I've kickstarted, and yeah. yet to be burned by a single book. Yeah. Um, I had, I had to wait for your Exalted Third Edition for almost three years. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I've, I've got it. It's the gold gilded pages are sitting on my bookshelf right oh. now. So, yeah, it happened. It's finally real. Um, I also kickstarted something, but it's not as cool or creative. <laughs> uh, no, uh, art. Sorry, arguably cooler, but not as creative. Oh, and it is okay. the the SNES and Super Famicom Visual Compendium. It's unofficial because how could you get Nintendo yeah. to sign off on that? Yeah. And it's from uh, the eight, or it's from the, the sorry, uh, Bitmap Books, and they've done a few compendiums like this, but it's basically just a visual guide to the Super Nintendo. Super slick looking. Um, huh. I'm, I definitely have no trouble plugging that guy here because uh, he does good work. Um, and it's yeah, it's basically just going to capture all the really cool stuff about the Super Nintendo <laughs> because I'm not, I'm never going to go back and play all of those games. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, man. So then, here, let's see. Let's see what else. 
Uh, actually, that's it for Kickstarters. But um, <laughs> do, do you want to, like, is that all you want to put today, or are you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's it. Because you can use this to, like, that's, pour yourself out. That's the thing. Oh, saying. well, I'll get there. Okay, yeah, that's fair. All right, well, then, like, if... Um, this is going to sound so funny because we don't have a functional website. Um, <laughs> if, <laughs> if you want to know more about Learn From Gaming Podcast, uh, we've got all kinds of social media stuff going on. Um, once the website's up, I'm also going to up, up, uh, upload. I'm going to update the, uh, the Facebook. We've got a Twitter. Um, and, of course, our website is learnfromgaming.com. So www.learnfromgaming.com. Um, and... Like, once we figured out exactly what it is that's going on there, we're, right now we're just waiting for, for art assets. But once that's up, it's going to be a beautiful website. Very, very excited to get that thing going. Um, and the next thing that you and I need to do, probably going to be me doing the legwork, um, unless you really want to do it, is figuring out how to get this stuff on iTunes and Skitcher and all like all that stuff. Just uh, getting our, our RS feed. Yep. Do you know what I mean about that? Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Um, so, uh, you know what? Thank you, Stu, for taking the time to listen to me ramble about video games and for letting me listen to you. And thank you, everybody else uh, out there. Do you want to say anything else as we sign off? Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Hooray for games! Hooray <laughs> for games and learning. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully the lessons aren't too harsh. And hopefully it's not just learning that everyone else in the game has fucked your mom. Because that's... That's pretty...